Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. Well, hello there. This is episode 102 of FI Goes PC. And as always, I am your host, Rebel Zen, aka Danny Howe. Nothing significant about the number this week, uh, so don't have to do any of that. Uh, but I will say, it's been quite a crazy two weeks. We've actually had a lot happen. It's, it's kind of one of these two weeks, these fortnights, where you know you, you sometimes get a fortnight where nothing happens, and then you suddenly get that fortnight where everything happens all at once. And it's been one of those. It's been an everything happens. Uh, let's list them off. Well, the Euro ended. Uh, and Italy won the song contest. They're the best singers of Europe. And England bowed out at penalties because obviously we kept cheating in our karaoke sessions. Now, I'm going to say this because it's really for Duncan and a couple of my friends who have asked me my thoughts on the England squad because there's been a lot of controversy uh, following the football. Obviously, we're bad losers in England. So bad that we still haven't gotten over the empire yet. And that's how bad a loser we are. Uh, we kind of say that we won World War II on our own. Uh, that's not true. Uh, but basically, I mean, here's what I think. I think that the young team that we had were all eager to play. I think Southgate, our manager, and if you're American, you won't know what I'm talking about. Might as well be Greek, but that's fine. Just bear with me. I think that he was overcautious. And I think he could have played an attacking squad and gone 3-0 up against Italy in the first half and we would have won it. But he chose to be cautious and therefore we went to penalties. And as you know, if you're English or if you're a fan of England, uh, when we ever have pressure in pressure spots, we tend to uh, go Hugh Grant and fluff it is the point. Uh, you then see a stream of apologies for the next five years and probably highlight reels of how we miss penalties and then turn around and become brilliant penalty takers late in our career. It's one of these things. I just want to say that we got to be, as England, incredibly proud of the team that we put out there. A lot of these kids were like teenagers, some early 20-year-olds, some sensational talent. And we've got to look at that. We've got to look at the fact that also we need a World Cup before a Euro. Just makes sense. Uh, why have second best when we can have the best? And I think this team could win the World Cup. I mean, it's really just how much you bribe the referees, but, I mean, who knows? Uh, there you go. So that's all of that. We had a, a really amazing visitor from Zimbabwe, so a big shout-out to Rotendo. I know you're listening. Uh, we loved you being here. It was fun. Riveting conversation. Really, really cool because, you know, we've been on lockdown. We haven't seen a lot of people. And the energy of conversation is really important. So it was almost like a 48-hour conversation. We all loved it. And we'll have you back anytime. That was good stuff. And then, uh, well, then there's been flash floods. A lot of flash flooding. Uh, and, you know, I could sit here and be tragic, but we, we're so used to this in the UK. We have flash floods almost all the time. In fact, we're wondering why we haven't had one lately. Uh, I mean, London did, but they don't usually get them. Uh, it's usually us. Here in the forest, we get a lot. Flash flood, let me just explain, is when there's a big ball of lightning and then you wake from it, kind of startled and dazed, like someone just threw a flashbang in your face and everything's flooded. And you're like, how did that happen? That's pretty much what a flash flood is, just in case you didn't know. Um, if you're photosensitive, it's a real big problem. 
So, yeah, there's been those. Uh, the worst one being in West Germany. And I did want to say, joking aside, we're thinking about you. It's, it's horrific. It's horrific to see these things happening. We're not used to them in certain parts of the world. A lot of people lose their homes. It's quite awful. But I can tell you from an English perspective, we feel your pain and our thoughts are totally with you. So if you're in Germany right now and you've got friends or relatives in West Germany, we're all thinking about you and hopefully everything will revive. And speaking about that, I have a plan for the future that we should all build houses on stilts or opt for an incredible houseboat design. You can start now in the back garden, build a houseboat, and when it floods, just move there. Just go from your normal house and live in your very prepared houseboat. And, uh, you know, you can be a pirate like our producer. She is secretly a pirate, our producer, say hello. Hello. Aren't you? I Winifred? am. <laughs> you are. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say your name. You're called Winifred. Yes. There's a tag on you that tells me. Uh, it's embroiled to your well, head. I want to be a pirate. Who wouldn't? Sail the seas and, you know, have freedom. I mean, it depends, no boundaries it depends what side of consciousness you're on. Like, uh, and, and guilt and innocence and, and good and evil. What? Yeah, pirates aren't always nice people. You don't have to kill anyone. You could be a good pirate. You can be a good pirate. Mm -hmm. Is that like The Good Wife? That's a, that's a <laughs> Netflix show waiting to happen. It's PG. A good pirate. <laughs> Almost like a good thief, mm. like Robin Hood. Yeah, Prince exactly. Of pirate thieves. Pirate thieves. I don't know. That hasn't happened yet. When they reboot films, don't you think they should add another genre? Mm. Like Batman should be like a samba dancer, just for a difference. Like Bruce Wayne in his day job is a samba dancer in South America, and at night he's Batman. So it's like Batman with samba. You see, like Brazilian Batman. That'd be good. Brazilian yeah, yeah. <laughs> Robin Hood, Prince of Pirate. <laughs> Pirates? Pirates? Well, well, that's hard. <laughs> Robin Hood, Prince of Pirates. There you go. Mm. I, was, I still know that, that thief. You got the alliteration yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, eventually. Mm -hmm. I eventually got there. <laughs> um, yeah, but most pirates nowadays, as we've discussed way long time in the past, are, uh, they just sell you dodgy DVDs, don't they? <laughs> Things that they can record off streaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. Yeah, fascinating stuff. I remember back in the day where you had leaked Hollywood premiere tapes yeah. meant for like people in an industry mm -hmm. or for your uh, consideration. Yeah, like through the uh, festival circuit or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Somehow they find itself online. Well, they've kind of oh. they've kind of taken joy from it a bit now because mm. now it's all online, right? So yeah. you get you get these codes and whatever, and mm -hmm. you get to sample this thing and type in a million codes. I think they're basically shoving you uh, the launch codes to missiles and stuff like this so that when you type in the code to see the film, you actually blow up part of the world that the government doesn't like, whatever I country you're in. Think I think that's how so. it works. I'm pretty sure it's what, a like double-edged blade. Via Vimeo, <laughs> via YouTube. No, 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 no. The codes are just missile codes. Oh. You think they're unlocking the clip you're about to see, see? Oh. but they're actually unlocking a drone somewhere. But you're unwittingly unleashing. Partaking in assassination, yeah. Yeah, see? <laughs> That's what I think is actually happening. Oh dear. Um, it's kind of a borrowed joke, that is, because I've been listening. I, I've discovered in the last two weeks, I've discovered a lot of things. Okay. Um, you know, countries, a lot of countries I've discovered <laughs> no. for the first time in my bathtub uh, in, in the old treehouse. No, I, I've been listening to Conan O'Brien because last time I said that Conan was closing down his Tonight Show. And of course, when you're... Uh, someone that's been in Americana for any amount of time, you know who Conan O'Brien is. Mm -hmm. More so probably than the British crowd. 
you probably didn't know that he was a head writer of The Simpsons and Saturday Night Live for many years before he was a talk show host. So he was a writer come celebrity. It's kind of a right. fun passage, yeah. actually. So he probably laughed and giggled at the writer's strike in America when that happened. Because mm. uh, he was like, well, I'm a celebrity now. It doesn't affect me. But um, <laughs> he's got a podcast. And I, I think, you know, it's funny when you discover these things. I discovered it on YouTube of all places. Mm. But he's probably got the closest podcast to us that I've ever heard. Mm. And it, it, I'm saying this because I have one of these problems when you're creative and some things overlap. You can't help it. Yeah. There's an infinite possibility spectrum of creativity. So if you're writing a story and it features 12 characters that have been overplayed as names or whatever, mm-hmm. you, you're not essentially stealing anything. Yeah, You're just basically thinking alike with someone else. Yeah. And it's like this kind of weird ignorance. So then you discover, oh, Conan's got a podcast. And I think... If you were a fan of Conan's before you came across our podcast, you'd think that we're clashing a few ideas. I can guarantee you folks listening around the world, I don't do that. Mm -hmm. I usually discover things later in the game. You know, like if I write a theme song for a movie and it sounds like Game of Thrones or something like this, I'm like, (laughs) I've never seen Game of Thrones. Yeah. And then I watch it and I'm like, oh, geez, you know, that's real close. Great minds think alike. It's it's just interesting. (laughs) You know, it's called the uh, restraints of uh, what you can do on a synth is what that is but um (laughs) it's all i can do on a midi file yeah it's it's been really fun to listen to his show because it's one of these shows that i think is extremely happy and funny you know there's a lot of podcasts that dip into severity and like to stay there for quite a long time and when you've got like a couple hours in severity it gets really not great to listen to repeatedly Mm. especially when the world is so severe Mm. you know so it was a nice discovery and it's basically a shout out to him. So if if you hear his podcast, you might hear that missile joke. I think he has said something like that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's just funny. So uh, that's one discovery I've had. Um, the other discovery, apart from the countries in the bathtub, in the treehouse. That's uh, not a discovery. Isn't it? That's just stupid. Oh. I've discovered that we have a very bad reaction to losing in a football match. <laughs> yeah. I've discovered, well, I already knew that, so it wasn't really a discovery. Uh, Tom Cruise was at the final. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. I, I expected him to come on as a sub. Yeah, he fist bumped um, Beckham. David Beckham, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd expect Beckham to be there. Yeah. Former, cap- former captain of England. I nearly messed that up. Former captain of England. It's not that hard to say that. Uh, former captain of a pirate boat too, David mm. Beckham. Pretty sure, and that's a film somewhere. But yeah, no, it was great to see Tom Cruise. I'm pretty sure he was probably filming that scene for Mission Impossible 27. Mm. There's been so many of them. Uh, they're not impossible though, so it's kind of like false advertising because he always completes the mission. He does. So it's, well, I guess the, it should be seemingly impossible. Yeah, it should be mission extremely difficult, but possible. Is Mission what it should be. impossible, un- footnote, unless you're Tom Cruise. Yeah, only Tom Cruise can do this mission. Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. code name's Ethan Hunt. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know if Mission Impossible was an attempt to rival James Bond. I think so. I think it's better because I think it's more orchestrated and it relies on a team. Right. Which you never really see in Bond. Mm-hmm. In Bond, it's just like this dude who invents all these crazy gadgets. And it used to be a comedy section. It used to be some kind of comedic actor. John Cleese did it for a while mm. uh, for Pierce Brosnan's Bond. But now it's sort of, 
it's it's sort of secondary to the narrative. It's almost like this is foreshadowing as a gadget. You're going to see this gadget later in a very clever way. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't know what you can do with Bond. We've had this discussion many a time. But Mission Impossible just seems more grouped, more fun, more kind of varied. And it's sort of one crazy Tom Cruise stunt to the next. I think when it started, the pitch was probably like, you know, America's version of Bond. Well, no, it used to be a TV show back in the 60s. Oh. So I think basically, or even the 50s, I think it was the 60s. Though. I didn't know it went back Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was 68, I believe. But they used to have a TV show way back in the day, and it was a reaction to Bond. Mm. Basically, you know how everything is fashionable in film. Yeah. So something comes out. Trends, waves. Right, so something comes out and it's like, oh, this did some real big business, this spy thing that we never thought would succeed. Yeah. And then there's 500 imitations. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, it's it's basically that routine kind of a thing. And then I think Mission Impossible, Brian De Palma did the first one. And Brian De Palma is famous for being a director of Scarface mm. and other things like that. He's a yeah. very stylistic director, doesn't get enough credit for that. He does odd things. And the first Mission Impossible, I went to the cinema with my dad to see it years wow. ago. Yeah, in the 90s. Yeah. And weirdly, Tom Cruise hasn't changed you can always tell mission impossible films by the way by how long his hair is because it's almost like he'll do one and he'll have short hair the next one will have long hair the next one will have short hair the next one will have long hair Hmm. and so on it kind of follows a trend like that okay which is which is unique i i noticed that and it's one of these things i should have noticed the film but i I noticed the hair (laughs) that's all i noticed um the brian de palma one was special in the sense that it was quite serious Mm. it was there was no elaborate joke play uh, a lot of people die in it um, mainly action more like almost cerebral almost psychological yeah. there's a lot of Spy double thriller, crossing and uh, drama double crossing is when you you walk a traffic light twice isn't it yeah like you cross halfway and then you're like oh crap I no you go all you you, you go all the way and then you see a granny struggling to cross <laughs> and then you help her and then you go all the way back that's a double crossing <laughs> happens a lot in films when there's kind <laughs> characters. Um, but yeah, like, I always find, like, pelican crossings confuse the hell out of me because I've never seen a pelican crossing the road, personally. They're usually at ponds or zoos or something like this. Uh, never crossing they the road. They can fly. They don't have to cross. Can they fly, though? Yeah. In a city, In a city pelicans? Not sure. They might have lost their wings. I don't know. <laughs> they have to have, like, the right flight badges, you know? Like, I've oh, got to pass my flying test yeah. and I can only fly so many miles. You know, birds go through all of that. It's like being in Top Gun, which is another time of <laughs> you, you have to get, you have to earn your miles, you see, the time in a plane, you uh-huh, see. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm pretty you sure. Got your pilot license. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 That's why they go to Canada and emigrate. And and then the Canadian ones come here and emigrate. It's They're trying to clock in the miles, you see. Okay. Yeah. They get flyer miles. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Pelican why do miles. birds, why do birds have clear jurisdiction over the skies? I think it's really unfair. You know, no yeah, one they at, don't have borders. Yeah, no one at an airport saying stop. They're basically air pirates. They are. See, we got back to that. Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. Pirates of the air of the Caribbean are pelicans. Everyone knows it. A pelican pirate. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about Mission Impossible. Okay, so Mission Impossible, yeah. The first one, quite serious. It was only the second one they molded it into what it currently is, which when John Woo was involved. Okay. He's a... Uh, very famous Hong Kong director. He is. Yeah, woo, John. Yeah, J- John, woo, yeah, him. We met him. 
Yes, we did. We did. You got his autograph. We got his autograph. That wasn't <laughs> embarrassing. It was more embarrassing for Solomon. Because uh... he was like, I don't do this. He's Mr. Cool, Solomon. That's literally his superhero power, being cool. Too cool for school. What, what does that even mean? Does that mean That's going like... to apply to fish. Because it doesn't apply to humans. You can't be too cool for school unless is you it, just don't go to school and it, then you're is that stupid. Is a reference to someone who skipped school? Because that's not too cool. To me, this, you know, to me it's, it, well, these are the sayings that don't make sense in <laughs> English. Like, too cool for school, to me, has to apply to fish. Um, right? So it's like one fish, yeah. dragging behind, it's too cold, and he leaves the school, and they off go. And then it's Finding Nemo. It's basically the premise <laughs> of the film. That makes sense. The independent sense. fish that leaves the... It doesn't have a choice. It's too cool. Oh, And everyone yeah. doesn't want to be near him because they're warm-blooded fish waters. What? They need warm water. <laughs> and he's too cold. And they're like, geez, you know, so basically... Do you mean tropical I'll fish? Get, I'll get... Then this is what... Yeah, yeah, yeah. warm-blooded <laughs> fish. This is what happens, all right? You're asking me the narrative. I'll mm-hmm. tell you about Finding Nemo. This is the bit at the beginning of the film that no one's seen. It's on a director's cut. Okay. Uh, it's also a lie. But hey... Just bear with me. So there's a sashimi chef in uh, in Madagascar. No. No, there is. There's, no. there's a few of them. You're, you're telling me they don't have sushi in Madagascar. start at this point? Because no, there's a sashimi. There's a, oh, I can't even speak. There's a sashimi chef in okay. Madagascar. Yeah, right. Okay, his name is Juan. Juan. Uh, Marimoto. He's, He's Madagascan Japanese. Okay. With a wee bit of... Spanish, throwing it for a laugh. He's <laughs> mixed race, okay? okay. He's multi-ethnic. Yeah. He's cross-cultural. And he gets his sashimi and he drops one in the ocean by accident. Because he's on a beach bar. It's a beach bar sashimi gig. Okay. You know? It's like a uh, tika hut, tiki hut. Tika hut? It's not Indian. It's a tiki <laughs> hut. It's a, it's a tickly hut. And he's on the beach and he's got his uh, sashimi bar because that's what all the kids want these days now. Yeah. Okay. Especially all the protein meatheads that want to, you know, build their body. Like The Rock, he goes there quite a lot. The mm. Madagascan tiki hut. Sashimi sushi, bar yeah. with Chef Juan. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he drops one. It, it happens. You know, you're in a frantic workplace and uh, he's picking up a, a bunch of these fish. They're all frozen because they're deep sea fish. And he drops one in the ocean. It's still whole. This is a tiny one. This is an exotic fish, right? And you have the whole thing and you just cut it and it's one of those flappy ones, right? So it's very fresh, fresh frozen, which means that they come out of the uh, sea, they're fished, and then someone sprays like liquid nitrogen on them. As you know, in Terminator, if you warm that up, they're still alive. Everyone knows that. Like in Terminator, big foundry scene in Terminator 2, that, you know, it's all frozen. What? And then the heat thaws him out and he's okay. See, that's that's the story. So Nemo so he drops was about in. to be so eaten. Nemo, yeah, Nemo was basically about to be sashimi, but he <sighs> accidentally gets dropped in a Mag- Madag- bleh, Madagascan sea. This is all the most complicated <laughs> things I could have named all of this. And he defrosts, and he's fine, because it was just in the time. Is it, the, the, the cold hadn't seeped into all of his uh, brain and organs, so he's still alive. Your hands up. I don't think you can eat clownfish. That's beside the point. It's fiction. <laughs> this is a film. Okay. You're telling me the funny Nemo is based on reality. <laughs> so anyway, he defrosts and he's, he goes up to all of his friends, you know, like similar fish to him. And they're like, oh, we don't want to know you. You're too cool for school. And oh. they throw him off because he's still defrosting. Oh. So then he's lost and he's on his own. Mm. 
Mm. And his mum and dad pull out a missing persons list uh, for him. Uh, and then it's it's all the cops get involved and it's about finding Nemo, right? Mm. Who happens to be in a different story. <laughs> 10,000 leagues under the sea. <laughs> Under the sea. He's Nemo, isn't he? He's not Captain Nemo. He's a pelican pirate. Anyway, so there's there's a lot of things going on in this Finding Nemo director's cut that you've never seen because it was a blatant lie. So back to Mission Impossible. because okay. uh, we got back there. Uh yeah, so you can define which Mission Impossible film you're seeing by the length of Tom Cruise's hair. hair. Mm-hmm. And the latest one, which is I think is the ninetieth in the series, I said twenty seven, but I think there's been more. Uh, he filmed that scene where he fist bumps David Beckham. What you didn't see is what happens <laughs> the other side of the uh, Wembley Stadium. He fist bumps David Beckham, right? And then a plane falls out of the sky, and <laughs> you know, and he has to save the crowd. And yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's, that's a controversy. That's why we lost that's the World the Cup. Because film, the film hasn't been released yet. They got to keep it under wraps. Why did I say we lost the World Cup? We lost the Euro <laughs> Cup. That's the reason, because we were distracted by the massive plane. <laughs> we missed all the penalties for that reason. I don't know, oh. but that's happened. Uh, yeah, I was going to go somewhere sensible, so uh, that's gone. I'll tell you what else has happened. What? Uh, well, without Pete being here, because I was going to do a whole strip down of Euros, because he knows football and you don't. Mm, it's a ball, and you kick it around, and you score goals at the end. Yeah, but you don't know who's doing what. <laughs> You think the referee's basically the captain of a team. I you, like watching the referee because like, he's always in a different color. You're like, yeah, you're like the the, the referee's obviously the captain of the England squad because he's got a pink top on. They should choose other colors like neon green or like. Uh, well, that clashes with goalkeepers. Because hmm. you expect to see a goalkeeper at the halfway line quite a lot following you around <laughs> the pitch. That's when it's a bad team. Uh, saying that though, uh, Alison Becker nod. He. Uh, Scored uh, probably goal of the season last season. Our keeper did. Oh, yeah, the keeper our came out of his, his area and then scored a goal. Oh, another thing That's that weird. came. Just the Euros is boring. We lost. Italy won. They cheated. We cheated. There's a lot of cheating going on. People diving. The referee was letting a lot of things pass. I feel mm. like Italy should have had 75 red cards. Mm. That would have really helped us because their entire team and coaching staff would be banned from playing and sent off the pitch and we would have won by default. If that had 75 red cards, that would have been great. I um, fell asleep. I know you did, yeah. But it was really late. It went on till late because yeah. of penalties. Yeah. Mm. But uh, what I was going to say is the other thing, if you flip from Europe to the Americas, okay, there was Copper America was mm-hmm, having at the same mm-hmm. time, more or less. And Argentina won. Yes. So Lionel Messi's got his first ever Copper America. Yeah. He's, he's had a career spanning over 16 generations. <laughs> 35,000 children no. have been born since uh, he was playing uh, for Argentina, and he's won his first one. Mm-hmm. So all he needs now is a World Cup, and he can retire. That's what <laughs> I think. Just a World Cup. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy to win. Oh. It is, yeah. It depends who's in your heats, really. Yeah, I don't know. So that's cool. Uh, Brazil lost, though. So mm. that's most of the Liverpool team. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who make up... Brazil and usually the bench of Brazil. Mm. A lot of our teams on the bench of Brazil these days. Uh, they are sometimes used, but yeah, that didn't that didn't work so well. So they came second, right? Yeah, but you don't get a trophy if you come second. You get a medal, which is mm. kind of like meh. You got that medal. It's made out of chocolate, so it melts. 
It's really annoying. Yeah. They get Nobody their winners cares medal. about second in football. Well, you should when it's so close it's impossible to Like, basically, our game was so close it was impossible to call. Yeah. But um, I think, you know... Like, with I all think due respect, still celebrate something, you know. Like, with all due respect, just to be technical, because if Pete was here, I could say it. With all due respect, England were playing without the kind of rhythm that we usually play in. But it, the Italians were kind of almost doppelgangering what we've done throughout the tournament. Mm. And there was a couple of players from Italy's side perspective, Chiso especially, who looks crazy good, terrifying player, like Mbappe good. And so I think going forward, you've got to always keep in mind this strength of the Italians. They haven't been beaten for 30 games. That's nuts. Mm. That's because they bribed the refs and cheat to win and stuff. Uh, Offering pizza at halftime to make the opponents fat, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) I thought Mario Brothers needed a football game Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where it's biased towards Italy, even though he's from Brooklyn, but it speaks with an Italian accent. Mm. It's very confusing. Yeah, because Mario should sound like New York Italian. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what you doing? But okay. instead is, it's a me, it's a Mario, see? <laughs> and that's because the guy who did the voiceover made him Italian, right? Oh. But the brief is, he's actually from Brooklyn. He's a plumber in Brooklyn. Oh. Yeah, that's a creation of Mario. Awesome. That yeah. was a musical break. Uh, we're now going to get sued because that's a very, very famous and known song. Uh, I don't think that will come up on Shazam if you Shazam my voice. What's yeah. Shazam? Shazam. <laughs> oh, Shazam. It's a good film. It's a superhero movie. There's a sequel coming. It's got nothing to do with music. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, Mario is from Brooklyn, New York. Mm. So I don't know. Well, I don't really fully understand Mario unless it's like tripping out because the whole thing just seems like a flashback or something. I can't play that game unless it's like on the ground. Like as soon as I get into the air or platforms, then I just fall off. Yeah, you jump. Your thing is you jump straight into the holes. Yeah, I'm really good at aiming so for the holes. The, the idea is that <laughs> you're meant gaps. to avoid them, but <laughs> you've got this incredible skill of jumping straight into them. I don't know why. Uh, depth perception issues, something, uh, directionally challenged, maybe? Oh. I think I know why, because... All of those lot... are very good reasons. Well, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of it is down to the stress they built on a game where the, the world moves with the character. Yeah, it is very stressful. So it's not like modern stuff, because mm-hmm. you'll get killed if you hang around too long, so yeah. the whole thing is driving it's speed. It's pushing, yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's one thing I didn't really like about the Mario games when I was a kid. They're better now, obviously. Technology's made them so. But when I was a kid, it always felt like it was encouraging ADHD mm. because everything was about how fast you did it rather yeah. than how precise you did it and how many secrets you found. So you'd kind of play it one way through and just run through the game, not really remembering how you did it and feeling like you had the grace of God to get through any levels, especially later ones. Mm. And then you go back into it and try and figure out all of the hidden places. Yeah, the things you missed. Which I don't, I'm not a fan of that. I think it's cheap game making. Sonic was even worse because Sonic was like a track. The whole thing plays like a racing game yeah. with the disguise of a platform. So you're basically thrown like a rocket through the level. Yeah. I think the best time on Sonic was the second one where me and David, shout to Dave in, in uh, Liverpool, 
we used to play as kids and um on his Mega Drive and there was a two-player version with Tails. Mm. And when they made the two-player version, it was really, really amazing. You could play that literally for hours and hours and hours and I'm pretty sure the music soundtrack made you uh, prone to brain manipulation. Why? You, you will bark when you hear the word chicken, stuff like that. Like <laughs> it was hypnotic. Because all the, ga- all the, game, all the game soundtracks back then were basic yeah. and it was almost like programming kids to be something. You'll be a bank robber one day. <laughs> you might be a pelican pirate called Nemo. <laughs> Living 10,000 leagues, uh, I was going to say above the sea, but that doesn't make sense. Under the sea. In the sea? Well, I mean, if it's a bird, it could be above the sea. Well, no, but like, what's the book called? 10,000 leagues under the sea? Under. Which is in the ground. So <laughs> 10,000 leagues under the sea in a volcano. It's a very, uh, it's, a, it's a bad book. You're basically where Aquaman lives in that book. Mm-hmm. He keeps coming back into our podcast, Aquaman. I'm going to start charging him. That Arthur Curry, who sounds like he should own a tandoori restaurant. <laughs> Arthur's Curry. Arthur's yeah, his name's Curry. Arthur Curry, which doesn't really match the Jason Momoa image, does it, of Aquaman? I didn't know what his name was. Yeah, that's his name. He's just Aquaman. Well, he should have a... I think he has a kind of a name that's uh, of... Uh, Atlantis, mm. you know, like Quacku Quinquac or something. I don't know. I think you'd know if you like read the uh, comics. Comics, yeah, and that stuff. helps. Yeah. That does help. But he was depicted as a blonde-haired white dude with like leotard on. <laughs> really? In the comics, yeah. It doesn't the Momoa portrayal of him is brilliant? Yeah, it, he's excellent. Probably yeah. one of the best things about the DC universe. Mm-hmm. But Arthur Curry doesn't really work with Jason Momoa. Mm. Could have changed the licensing a bit there, I think. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, so talking about video games, mm-hmm. another thing that's happened in the last two weeks. I was going to say this. Pete hasn't been around. Yes. So he wasn't there to help me, but I found a unicorn. Did you? I actually found a living, breathing unicorn. Technically, you found it. <laughs> and uh, basically uh, no one knows what i'm talking about but we went to uh pick Retendo up when she was visiting us Mm -hmm. and on the way to picking her up you just walk me into a game oh yeah which is a video game shop here it's kind of like the uk game stop if you're listening in america Mm -hmm. and uh we walk into game i wasn't prepared for this number one i knew something was wrong because (laughs) when is when is critically allergic to video game shops i am i don't like them at all and she's like Let's go to game. And I'm like, hold on, what? This is a little odd. And we go in there and you walk straight up as if you're like, you know, Don Corleone and just slam your hand on the old counter and say, and say, give me a unicorn. And they were like, (laughs) oh yeah, we got a unicorn. Would you like the unicorn with a horn on its head or a unicorn with a horn on its ear? And you're like, definitely a head. It's more functional. Why would you put a unicorn horn on there? And well, that's just what we got. And I was like, okay. You know, um, the ear horn is called a French horn, by the way. Okay. Because it's a French unicorn. They have. The, French that's how you distinguish unicorn. the two of them. If <laughs> Pete was here, they'd tell you. It's the French horn unicorn, which is the horns on the ear. Okay. But we got the standard, bog standard, normal unicorn with a straight up head <laughs> horn. And um, yeah, yeah. And it's a very hard thing to obtain as a unicorn. And then uh, that's a translation because it's we got a PlayStation 5, folks, didn't we? 
Yes. We actually picked one up. You you were very clever, and we only got one before everyone in the world hates me and tries to burn down the forest we live in. We only got one because they'd cancelled. The, the, the person on the pre-order had cancelled it. Yeah, someone on the waiting list had cancelled. And it was literally the last one in stock. Yeah. So we, we managed to obtain the Holy Grail. <laughs> and You've uh, been waiting for like... Over a year? Over a year, yeah. Over yeah. a year. And it's one of these things to add context uh, for folks. I could have easily written to Sony and said, we do reviews, we have a podcast, we've got like 15 iguanas listening to our podcast from around the world. So if you're there, iguanas, and you're listening around the world, hi, how you doing? <laughs> um, but basically, you know, like you can always approach it like that. You can always play the kind of pro card. A lot of people have. Mm-hmm. But I want it to be like in economy class, which is where the real people live. Okay. <laughs> We're all in economy class. And I wanted to just wait it out. Um, I thought that, you know, the pandemic would be kind of a six month thing, maybe a year in total to PlayStation fuel in restocks. But it's been perpetual. Like there's so many reasons you can't get one. Mm. Biggest problem has been the hacking online. Yeah. Uh, there's been a shortage of the chips because people keep swiping them and stuff. There's all of these things, but we finally got one. And I've noticed that everyone who's got a PlayStation 5 on the interweb have uh, no kind of general consensus or ex- world experience. A lot of them are young. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to say. Yeah, They don't really know what they've actually got in their hands. So there's a few people who are just like, oh, yeah, it's really good. Loading times are faster. But I wanted to do a more comprehensive sort of review, mm. if if you'll indulge me. Sure. I I mean, like my initial thought of what you just said is probably because they're just comparing it with like the PS4. No, 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 Whereas... no. You got to dig deep. I'll tell you why. Because basically, comprehensive reviews don't exist anymore. Mm. Right now, it's a bunch of kids rushing to things like Reddit or Google or whatever, and they'll do a, a, a review, Amazon or any of these places you can drop a review. A bit like our podcast, but no one does. Mm. Um, and the, the comprehensive part is missing because what they're doing is basically gloating for half their review. I've got one and you haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then it's just the kind of case where they're like, oh, yeah, the loading things are faster and stuff like this. That's because a lot of people will probably have, say, a game on the PlayStation 4 and did direct comparison to an updated PS5 version or they're playing a PS4 game on the PS5 because mm. that's the thing I found confusing when I got one is when you are trying to update the game, you can accidentally download the PS4 equivalent yeah, and then you the won't PS5. see any improvement. But when you actually find the right PS5 update in your game library for, say, something like FIFA, mm. the leap is enormous. And what it feels like isn't just the loading screens. You find that in stuff like Tony Hawk's there's no loading screen pretty much Mm. you find the leap in technology is the best thing is actually the game that i got which is in the bundle we had to get because the unicorns only come with bundles Mm. and they don't come on their own they didn't at this point because they're just trying to sell you whatever because they know you're going to get it because it's a unicorn so rare right we got ratchet and clank which is kind of a kid's game it's the uh, rift apart Mm -hmm. and basically I had no expectations for that. I'd already had Assassin's Creed Valhalla from last year because we, <laughs> we bought that feeling it'll be there at Christmas. You had the game even before the console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had the PlayStation 5 game for over a year, just waiting there collecting <laughs> dust. And by the time it, I got to check it out, that feels 
kind of like any Assassin's Creed that makes that leap, like Black Flag made that leap, yeah. where it was a PS3 game and it leapt to PS4. Yeah. You don't see much of a difference because it's designed on the old console and then they can pimp it out throughout their life that it has on the new console, but mm. it's not designed on the new console. Yes. And that's a huge difference in PS5 territory. Because okay. Ratchet & Clank was the only thing I had that was designed on a PS5, apart from I think Spider-Man Miles Morales was mm. as well. Um, but that's Spider-Man, just yeah. a bit better, kind of smoother, and it's it's basically similar. Because the PS4 one, well, the PS4 Pro one wasn't like the original Spider-Man, wasn't that bad. You know, the loading times were funny because you had a lot of interaction. They did a lot of comedy, kind of Deadpool-esque mm. in-betweens yeah. to not make it boring. Uh, all of that I haven't seen yet in Miles Morales. It's all literally streamlined, like you're interacting with a movie. Right. But Ratchet & Clank, which is designed on a PS5, shows you the difference in the console. And the difference is this. And this is what the kids can't understand. When we were little, we had a thing called Super Nintendo. All right? So if you're in America, it's called the Super Famicom. Mm. And in Japan, Family Computer. That's why it's Famicom, right? Mm -hmm. And we like to name everything different here in England. We like to be awkward. We drive, we drive on our side of the road. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> we have our language. It's our mm -hmm. own language. You just borrow it, you yeah. know, like it's, we're one of those. And so we named it the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, okay? Now that was 16-bit leap from 8-bit, which yeah. is a huge leap, mm -hmm. even in tech from the Nintendo Entertainment System. But then the N64 came up and that's like, at that point, it was the craziest leap in tech we've seen. So suddenly everything's 3D. Everything's yeah. really smooth. Mm -hmm. Everything works real well. There wasn't really loading screens in that because it was cartridge. Nintendo always eliminated loading because the CD, ROM, would take a while to load because the mm. laser's got to read it. But a cartridge is a direct chip. I remember the cartridges because then you had to blow on them and well, it switches, got Switches still have them. Yeah. All right. And there's very little loading time on a switch. Yeah. Like each little thing is a memory card, essentially. Mm. And it was always the same with that with game cartridges. And the PS5 is that leap. So mm. consoles that Sony have made have never felt like consoles comparatively. This is why Nintendo has stayed in the game. Because if you have a PlayStation or even Xbox, when the Xbox Black Box first started, the original Xbox, way back when, yeah. you could actually download stuff to its hard drive. It was that advanced for yeah. that time. You needed to hack it to do this, like a <laughs> chip that you could put in it. Yeah. And it unlocked it to like factory settings. Mm -hmm. It's all hardware. So you'd have to take it and physically destroy your warranty and yeah. basically do it. But you could. That's what pirates do. Sure, exactly. <laughs> but you could actually stream games. There was a system for it. It was yeah. really kind of cutting edge. But right. then it relied on DVD playing. Everything relied on some kind of disc. And Sony has never really, in, in my opinion, I've had all of their consoles. In my opinion, they've never really had a console that actually works like a Nintendo. Nintendo is straight up fun. You just switch it on, stick a thing in it, and it works. Mm -hmm. There's no fuss. And it's a console, and it's always had that appeal. Even the GameCube did, which was like a weird mini disc thing. Mm. Sega did the same thing, but Sega always lagged behind the tech of Nintendo, probably because of funding. There was so much funding behind Nintendo. Sega kind of couldn't really get to that level. And then you have Sony and everything's been laggy. Everything's been less fun. 
there's almost a fun detachment. You've had like amazing games on it, Final Fantasy and, and GTA and stuff like this, but it seems a bit more stark. Mm. There's there's a thing about the Sony PlayStation line that has always felt a little bit oppressed, a bit 1984, and I don't know why, because they're great consoles. It might seem like I'm saying something really stupid, but there's always been an oppression about the fun behind it. So if they have anything equivalent to Mario, like Rayman, which was a platforming game, or mm. Ratchet and Clank even, it always felt like it wasn't as accessible and as fun and as quirky and as well-designed as Mario Did Brothers. it feel restricted, like when you're playing it? It just felt like it didn't know if it wanted to be um, an adult sensibility. Like Spyro is a good example. Basically, there was no official mascot of playstation mm. mario's always been that to nintendo sonic has always been that to sega right like an identity right. that's yeah so linked to playstation was mostly about having more grown-up games mm -hmm. god of war things like this that were a sony built property but all of its sort of jacks and daxter and all of these sort of slider raccoon and these kid things they seem to be a bit disjointed because the technology wasn't streamlined it was it, you'd have to wait for loading mm -hmm. it breaks the fiction and the game design didn't feel as fun and as innovative nintendo's always been super fun like you can't think of a nintendo console and not smile they've always been fun mm. i think it's most dystopian one was the original black and white game boy that's mm. as dystopian as nintendo had yeah. ever got right but um, its main consoles being the Super NES and the Nintendo, they're always arcade perfect at the time. They were always pushing technology, doing some really innovative stuff. And they always felt like the standard bearer, where Sony couldn't reach to that. And you could have GTA, but GTA was a cross-platform game. So mm. it was on PC, and it would be better on PC. And it'd be on this, right. and it'd be on that. Um, it began on PC. So actually, it ported to PlayStation. Oh, okay. So... It's all one of these kind of odd things. Like Metal Gear Solid was good, but it was really dark, like it is for grown-ups or teenagers. And all of the light kind of happy stuff, it just didn't have it. Mm. It didn't have the spark. If you take something like Smash Brothers, you'd have 10,000 Smash Brothers clones, including Naruto games on the PlayStation that were very similar. Mm. But it wasn't the same. But Nintendo always had this kind of Disney element to them where everything was perfect. And when you play Ratchet and Clank on the PlayStation 5, it's that exciting. It's exactly what I felt when we first booted up a N64. Right. And the leap is streamlined. Everything is absolutely, you're not waiting for anything. The game is like watching a Pixar film. Mm, yeah, I know. It doesn't that. even it doesn't even break because they do. There's a lot of clever design working games where you know you'll go to a cut sequence, which is a far better game and engine because it is literally the CGI that you see in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. It's been like that for years, including Final Fantasy VII did these things, and then the in-game graphics suffer because they're obviously going to generate more if they rise to that kind of level. Yeah, there's a obvious contrast. Massive jump. Yeah. Like in Final Fantasy, it's because you're like this little chibi kind of character <laughs> yeah. walking around. And then the cut sequence, you're like this yeah. big teenage kind of stroppy guy called Cloud. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the difference is night and day kind of, yeah. you know. The remake softens it, but you can still see the difference in graphics. Like the color system will change slightly, the frame rate will alter. PS5, you can't see a difference. Mm. It's, it's really crazy. You can tell that you're going to leap into a cut sequence. FIFA's a good one on that because of added zooms. So mm. when you're playing FIFA on a PlayStation 4 Pro, right, you'd have a lot of glitches happening. 
where the zoom is meant to be, it'll suddenly lag because the PS4 can't handle the frame rate separation. Yeah. So, and also you'll have a direct cut. It's like editing film. There'll yeah. be a cut and then you'll get to your uh, close-up cut sequence. Mm -hmm. Whereas now they do this little zoom blend trick that we do in film editing. Mm -hmm. And so you're actually seeing where the technology is crossing over. That's cool. And PlayStation 5 literally is, and I, I don't know about the Xbox, I'll probably never play them because I'm allergic to Microsoft, even though <laughs> uh, I work on a Microsoft computer, I'm not allergic. <laughs> um, it's pick your, pick your one. I can't afford both. Um, I'm not Bill Gates. <laughs> but basically, the leap is really impressive. Yeah. To say it's just going to eliminate loading screens and stuff, it's way more than that. This is a this is a next generation console. It's probably been the first real one since that N sixty four jump. That's mm. how crazy these things are. Yeah. Okay. And I've never seen a Sony console perform as well, if not better, than anything Nintendo's thrown at you. Mm. The fun element is all over Ratchet and Clank. In fact, I don't recall playing a video game in my life where I've actually been going whoa mm. every five seconds in it. And this thing is like, I, I think I was shouting for my mad scientist laboratory. This is insane quite a lot. <laughs> I've never seen that kind of a thing. And it really is impressive. There are a few things that I will warn you. If you do get a console, finally you get a unicorn like I have. Yeah. You'll find a, a bit of awkwardness on the actual um, operating system. Like it's way different for a start. It's kind of, it feels more like... Um, more kind of close to a PC desktop in a gaming, like um, how Steam has a gaming sort of page where mm. it becomes all folders and all the games you get. It's it's more like that. It's yeah, more like streamlined. A exactly. That's the word I was like a dashboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's more like that. And it's a lot more uh, complex in certain ways, like certain things you'll look at. You'll be quite confused if that's a PS5 version or the PS4 version, even though it separates them. It's not always easy to tell. On pre-orders especially, that's a problem because you could end up buying a wrong port. But that'll probably work that out. Mm. But like I said, technology-wise, it's crazy. And when you boot it up, they've got the, um, the speech thing. So there's a lot of attention now to accessibility. Yes. So if you've got bad vision or whatever, they've got a voice that tells you everything you're doing as you're doing it, which is really great for passwords, <laughs> no. I find. Um, so if you want to hide and conceal your password... Well, you can turn it off. It kind of blurbs because it reads every letter out, so it's hard to kind of see what you're actually doing mm -hmm. on it, but it's quite annoying. So it took me a while to figure out to set that off, mm -hmm. and I think it was an accessibility. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying this because no one talks about stuff like this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's really been crazy change. Like I, I think it's like 5g argument and a lot of, you know, it's funny when you live in time of history and you're about to hit that technology jump, like they built the wheel and then they built the car, that kind of a thing, you know, like we once were being drawn by horses and then now it's cars. And suddenly that leap was such a big leap for people. They thought cars were wizard play and didn't mm -hmm. trust them. And we're in a similar sort of situation with just more kind of domestic tech. You know, the PlayStation 5 is, it's literally a console you always dreamed of having when you were a kid. Mm. And I don't think, like, if you've got a long life, if you're a kid this day and age and you start with a PS5, then you're luckier than I ever was. Well, that's what I was going to say, because, like, yeah. you know, people reviewing it probably, if they're just comparing it PS4 and 5, 
but you're saying like in terms of the evolution of everything it's like a brand new chapter well I, it is it, it it truly truly is now a lot of the the problem is right in in the conversation right is that a lot of technology is really uh reviewed by nerdy stuff like oh it's got more ram oh it's got better speed oh mm -hmm. it doesn't lag oh the frame rate's really excellent no one cares about anything like that. Like, truly, deep down, no one cares. That's just the gloaty thing that you do. Like, I'm, I've set my PC up, I've built it myself, and it's got everything maxed out, right? None of that matters. And it devaluate in a way because next week it's worth £5. <laughs> it's kind of like buying a sports car or like a supercar, right? Mm. So you get a Bugatti Veyron. It's the greatest car in the world for exactly until I build the next, the one. next better one. Yeah, And... That's the problem. People review stuff on vanity, mm. whereas I like to review stuff on how it feels, like the soul of it, right? Mm. And it's why I think the Switch has been an amazing console for many people is because it's all you need. Essentially, it's non-complicated. It's the perfect sort of mobile phone app gaming device, portable device, mm. And home console all in one. And yeah. the reason that it's so brilliant in Japan is because of space. Yeah. And family sharing TVs and stuff like this. Yeah. It's a very clever concept. But the PlayStation 5 is literally, I would say it's probably the alpha one. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to say, well, the tech's better on the Xbox. I think the licenses are better on PlayStation. And, you know, we get all of the Japanese innovations coming through, mm. which uh, Microsoft doesn't. But it really makes me feel curious how Nintendo are going to answer. But like I said, it's really worth it. And there are a lot of people who relate more to what I'm saying because they want a comprehensive knowledge. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy. Like, I've never seen anything as powerful as it. I have something to add. Mm -hmm. I think one reason why people might not be as impressed as they might be is because one thing that I did a bit of research on was the screens. And Sony has its own specific screen that actually says this is the best fit or best. Well, it's developed by the team. Yeah, developed the by PS5. the team behind the PS5. And so obviously, if you're playing a console or, you know, like a, if you're playing a Blu-ray on a, you know, small, not very good screen, you're not going to get Blu-ray quality because it's not the same well, kind it, of. This know, was, yeah, that was tech. more, I think technology is kind of more synchronized to what it was when a PlayStation 4 came out because... Mm -hmm. The leap from PlayStation 3 to 4 was all graphics, really. Yeah. And there was speed and certain tech boosts, like you had more memory and stuff like this. But they were both HD consoles. So if you had at the time a TV that's HD ready, yeah. which is always a big lie, <laughs> if you're buying a TV and it's ready for HD, it's basically going to congratulate HD when it arrives, but it isn't actually HD itself. No. So first generation HDMI television plasma screens, right? You wouldn't notice much of a difference between a PS3 and 4 mm. on that screen. Right. It would almost be the identical quality, really. And it was disappointing. I remember feeling this with Phil Ratcliffe. Big shout out to him. He was our cameraman. And he came to London to visit us for our premiere at the time. We had a film in 2007. And he stopped over and we were looking at the PS4 and he was like, I don't really see much of a difference. Until we got the right TV. Mm -hmm. When we got the right TV, you suddenly see this insane difference mm. and it's a big leap. Yeah. The PS5 works differently because it has an ARC HDMI port, which is Ultra HD. Right. So you can only play it on an Ultra HD TV, really. 
Mm-hmm. It's one of these technologies that requires you to spend a hell of a lot of money to yeah. play it right. So the equivalent is actually if you're playing on a PS5 and your TV doesn't have that input, you're just putting it in a normal HDMI. I don't know what that would look like. Yeah. Because I personally haven't, I'm lucky enough to say I haven't experienced it. Yeah. But I can imagine uh, this is the thing like PlayStation always does this kind of convoluted thing. Like the PlayStation 4 base console isn't as powerful as the Pro. The Pro had a lot more stuff thrown at it. Mm-hmm. The Pro had better reaction time. Like, you remember the whole Cyberpunk debacle? Yeah. So Cyberpunk they had to comes withdraw out. everything. Yeah, Cyberpunk comes out, and on original PlayStation 4s or the slim version of the PlayStation, it wouldn't work, mm-hmm. and it kept glitching. Yeah. The PlayStation 4 Pro kind of worked. Like, I didn't have much of an issue. There was a few glitches, but then they were wiped out, mm. and it seemed to be okay. But it was designed for the PS5, you see. Yeah. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot because they should have released it with the PS5. Yeah, but they did it too early. They wanted all of the audience behind it, you see. And then there's almost a cash incentive to go out and buy the updated version if you don't have the deluxe version, whatever it is. This is how the games market works. It's never usually the developers. Developers are pretty reasonable people. Mm -hmm. CD Projekt Red, it's always the uh, distributors that are the problem. Like... uh, Activision and all of these guys have a really bad rep for that EA mm. and all of this. Um, well, they got so, a push product. So but basically, what I'm saying is, I think that I think most TVs right now will be 4K TVs, and this is an ultra 4K HD TV you're going to need because to actually fully max it out to see it in its wonder, you need the HDR. Mm-hmm. It's all technology that. I'm just talking codes and numbers and letters and stuff, but basically when unicorns become as common as sheep and you can find one <laughs> in any mountain in Mongolia, um, <laughs> you will literally need a television. So set up and look into getting a really good gaming monitor, like a pro gaming monitor or a really good TV that can handle ultra 4K. Mm. That's where you really got to be. And this is going to last the next 10, 10 years, maybe nine, yeah. nine, 10 years. So you're thinking about that. Um, another thing to review that no one really is, is the pad. Okay. The pad's crazy. It's got responses on the triggers that are kind of like, um, if you went to an arcade when you played Time Crisis years yeah. ago and you had the pullback on the triggers, right? it has that, but you can set the variables. So the pressure against your trigger can change oh. in a game. So it gives a kind of reality depth. Almost like you feel in the game. So if you're using a gun, you can go halfway on a trigger and you can go full. So it's an extra button option as well. It's it's clever. It's really clever stuff. <laughs> it, it's feel. It, it's like, I think the closest thing we had before that that you would know yourself is the VR experience that we yeah, had. Yeah, that kind of made me All think All of the of controllers that. and stuff of that responsive. Mm. The technology now is getting exciting. And it does feel, and I will say this sincerely, it feels like Sony... Did a lot of bad consoles up to this point. Mm. So it's a good thing that we didn't get one last year. I don't know. No, no, not no. You're missing the point. Oh. Like the PS1 to the PS5 has been a bad journey for. Them. Oh right, okay. As in, I think they've always done like the playability in a console, the games, and the licenses has always been a reason you got a PlayStation. But I don't think they did the best consoles in each generation. I think the 360 probably had the edge, mm. if I'm honest. I've always been very Sony loyal, but I do think that... You have played on a Xbox. Yeah, I've had, I've had some Microsoft stuff before I realized that it was sending details to the NSA. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's just me. 
I'm just that guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to read about me in the National Security Agency, you know, it's, it's good fun. But um, basically what I'm trying to say is like the, the PS1 to 2 to 3 to 4, the tech has always felt a little bit displaced, a little wrong. Okay. It's kind of like having a FIFA game every year. It suddenly gets, it's the same thing. Mm. Like they'll build the building engine and it'll be the same game for the next five years before they build a new engine. Yeah, It's that. And it, it just feels like you've had a very low increase in the console's power. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to take anything away, I've had some great experience on all Sony consoles. This one feels like they got it right. I, I honestly, it's that incredible. Good. And yeah. so much so, I'm going to go back on it and ignore the world. I just, I don't <laughs> care about any of you listening. Uh, I do. I really do. But uh, I hope I've been comprehensive enough. I wanted to, I kind of wanted to end on that. I'm glad it was worth my sacrifice of willingly taking you to the game shop. Yeah, but we didn't say how we paid for it, did we? No. The, the the people we had to sell. With pirate money. <laughs> yeah, the stuff that you found. You, basically, you dug it in. You found the X spot, and it wasn't really a video game shop. You just dug a hole, and it was there. Um, no, basically, uh, yeah, that's that's. I'm going to say thank you for that because you've you've kind of uh, you made my two weeks very special. Uh, it was a very good anecdote for my country losing mm-hmm. a final. Um, but yeah, like it, I had to talk about it because I honestly thought I would never get one. It would be like 10 years and then the PS17 would be out by the time you get a PS5. Yeah. But it really is worth it. I will say it's about the scale and size of most desktop computers. Mm-hmm. So make sure you got room for it too. <laughs> it's not a compact thing. I'm not sure if they'll ever make it possible to do a compact thing. But again, uh, it might be a chip in your head if Elon Musk has his way. We'll be back in two weeks. Sorry if you're not interested in video games, football, or anything that we've talked about in this podcast, but hopefully it's been entertaining anyway. Uh, I do think this, I'm going to finally say this, because I like to, as you know, I like to add sort of a controversy at the end of most podcasts. The PlayStation 5 will definitely uh, uh, win the argument that console games are better than PC. There, I said it. And I don't care if you all hate me. It's true. Because you don't have to do any of the loading stuff. There's no, you don't have to interact with an OS X. It's all there, streamlined. And uh, I think we win the console battle. I've always argued this. No comment. I know. It's such a nerdy thing. Maybe I won't be a nerd next time you hear me. Two weeks. Let's hope it's good stuff. And again, if you find yourself being in any areas deeply affected by flash floods, we are thinking about you. And I think that the future is in houseboats. Look it up. We could all be pirates and live Let's on water. Let's be pirates. Be an amazing existence. We live in a forest, so we're okay. Forest pirate. In a treehouse, so we'll just have a water feature, <laughs> which is fine by me. I'll just dive off the treehouse into the water. It'd be great. What a life. We'll see you in two weeks, folks. Take care, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>